0: Oh uh-huh. of Sabrina Chapter 3, The Trial of Sabrina Spellman. As Sabrina confronts a long line of family secrets, Harvey faces turmoil at home and shares a secret of his own. It's the chilling adventures at the doghouse. Ba-ba-ba. Exactly. Right, so we pick up right after where we left off in Episode 2, Sabrina is running away from Hawthorne's office in the Dark Lord. She runs to the bathroom, she throws up. I mean, duh. I was cool, whatever.
1: I was uh, gross. I, was, I would throw up.
0: Yeah, it's an appropriate reaction. And then Wardwell pops up and offers a wet towel, offers to call her aunts, and she's just like, no, no, and leaves.
1: Do you think Sabrina's getting suspicious of her? No. Okay. Maybe it's just Kieran and Shipka's face.
0: I mean, she already knows that she is... A friend of the coven, I guess. Like, she's not oblivious to the fact that Sabrina clearly is a witch.
1: She keeps dropping enough hints that Sabrina's like, you know something about this witch stuff.
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) <laughs> like so like that, but that's about as far as they're going to talk about it
1: back at home, Ambrose finds an iguana,
0: yeah, so he walks into the viewing room, you know he's getting ready for a funeral, and he sees this giant lizard iguana on top of the casket, so he picks it up and he goes into the other room, and he's like, "Um, do you know how to get another witch's familiar to talk?" so he's figured out because clearly Connor's in the casket. This is Connor's familiar, and Zelda explains that you're not allowed a familiar because per your, the rules of your house arrest. So if you were a fan of the comics, he had uh, Ambrose in the comic book had a set of twin cobras. Cobras, they're snakes. I think they were cobras, and he doesn't have those this time. So we okay, we've explained that away. A familiars are not allowed to betray their masters, and so they'll die soon, and it'll be the greatest agony known to this familiar. But then Zelda's like, here, I'll make it quick. uh, Hilda can fashion it into a purse.
1: Because she's chopping up vegetables.
0: It's so great. Like, I just love how matter-of-fact Zelda is when it comes to the gory, gory, darker parts of being a witch. then Hilda's like, no! And it only gets worse with the season. Like, there's some more, like, horrific stuff. And Zelda's just like, whatever, like, this is how it is, deal with it. It's It's, true. No, it's fair, because she's all in. She's fully in. Uh, We go back to school, the Sabrina friends are in the hallway, they're on the stairs, and Sabrina keeps flashing back to Principal Hawthorne being possessed, and Harvey's like, hey, are you okay? You're a million miles away. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Just having an out-of-body experience. (laughs) Ross comes up and is like, hey, there you are. You will not believe the fascism afoot at Baxter High. I roll. The book she wants to do has been deemed inappropriate. She wants to do The Bluest Eye.
1: By Toni Morrison, which is often on banned books lists.
0: I don't know anything about The Bluest Eye, so. Sex. Cool. I'm a fan. (laughs) So they decide, okay, Wicca can help, and we're going to take the fight to Hawthorne. So they go to Principal Hawthorne. Ugh, Bronson Pinchot is so great here. And he just starts out, you know, firstly, let me say very clearly, and for the record, we do not ban books at Baxter High.
1: And then immediately looks over at Sabrina, who's like... Right on the door, staring
0: at him. Miss Spellman, have I grown a second head? N- no, no, sir. Yeah. Then why are you
1: looking at me like I have?
0: Uh, so they start asking him a question, like, you know, why? Like, why did Mr. Garland say no? Blah, 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 blah. Graphic passages. Blah, but, you know, blah, blah, he probably would have opposed to a clockwork orange or lolita, which is fair. That's a fair thing. However, Roz kind of lays into him. like, so you're saying those books are banned as well? And Hawthorne says, I'm saying that this is a public school and certain topics and titles have no place in the hands of impressionable youths. To the library!
1: I love this. I love that Roz, being the bookworm that she is knows exactly how what? to use that it's card terrifying. catalog so
0: she runs i love that they showed using a card catalog Uh huh. because i remember doing that at least in elementary school ross goes in she starts pulling out book cards and hand them she's go look at this go find this okay and they can't find the books so they go to the library and librarian lays it down like you didn't hear this from me but a few years back there was a soft purge of bad books basically the books were checked out and never returned so they've they've all but officially banned. Back at the house. Uh, Sabrina comes home. She's very huffy. Like, Ants, you will not believe what happened at school today. Zelda. Oh, we can imagine. You know what this is? I'll tell you. It's an infernal summons. I love that it's called an infernal su- summons. <laughs> All of the verbiage that they have for the Church of Night makes my conservative Christian upbringing so happy <laughs> because of how like horrible it is. I love it. It makes me so happy. Okay, so basically she's being summoned to be judged for breach of promise. She was supposed to sign the Book of the Beast, but she hasn't. Basically, she's kind of being sued, if you will. No, she is
1: for sure being sued mm-hmm. by the Dark Lord. Yeah. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it.
0: Sabrina tells them that she saw the Dark Lord. He took possession of Principal Hawthorne and he threatened me. And she goes, well, it doesn't matter. I don't want to be part of this coven. I don't want to step foot at the Academy of Unseen Arts. And I am certainly not going to stand trial. Zelda's like, "Uh, you've been summoned. You're going. And Hilda and I have to go, too. Because according, you know, which law is you are guilty and proved innocent? Because it's the flip of the other. And then, and then, Hilda loses a tooth. It just, it just drops. And Zelda, do you know what that is? It's your Aunt Hilda's tooth. We've been stripped of our powers, which means we will age and rot rapidly until a verdict is reached. (laughs) (laughs) Your trial begins at midnight. It's so great because it's ridiculous. Ridiculous.
1: And the makeup designers and costume designers deserve so much credit for the work they did. They did a great
0: job. And Zelda and Hilda played it so differently and so well. They played it's, it to their it, characters. Yeah, no, but it's just so fun. Like, Hill's like, where's my tooth? And she keeps, like, fingering where it's supposed uh, to be. Uh, we cut to Ambrose's room. Sabrina's talking with him. He's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? I can't go to court and be punished. How do I fight this? Have you ever
1: heard of Daniel Webster?
0: Nope. He's a lawyer and a cultist who specializes in witch law. He's a total legend. He's mortal, but he's rumored to have once beaten the devil himself.
1: Ugh. The history and theater dork in me is so happy at this.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so happy. S- Sabrina says, I'm in. Where does he live? That's the kismet part. He lives right here in Greendale. Why? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. A bit reclusive. Like, I love I like her response of why. Like, who would live here if they don't have to? It's
1: great. Oh, we say it every time. But she's doing such a good job at being a believable 16-year-old.
0: She's very, like, this is very Sally Draper. It's very much in that vein. Well, I mean, love it.
1: I know they're different shows, but Riverdale kind of adults them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just really adore the fact that with this show they made that a focus. Yeah, to have the teenage relationships be a part of the equation.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm way into it. We head over to Father Blackwood's office, and we get into a very uh, kinky scene, if you will. Zelda has come to beg Faustus to, to. Get Sabrina out of this. She's like, Sabrina made a foolish, impetuous mistake. Can we settle this, you, me, the Dark Lord, without an embarrassing spectacle of a public trial? And Faustus is like, the wheels of justice are already turning. But have Sabrina come admit her wrongdoing, beg for forgiveness. The Dark Lord is not without mercy, but he will require total submission from the girl. And Zelda's like, you'll have it, promised. And then, and she is kneeling on the ground in front of him.
1: She does a little hair flip.
0: And Faustus, like, caresses her hair, like, kind of pulls it out of her hair. But the hair starts to fall out. And he goes, oh, I already see the ravages of age upon you. And Zelda is mortified. She takes the hair out. She goes, I'll see you in court. And she leaves. She
1: she tries as calmly as she can to be like, I've still got it. I've still got it.
0: Leave now. Leave now. That was embarrassing as fuck. (laughs) And then we, you know, the camera pans back to to Blackwood and he just says, I don't enjoy being watched. And we see the lovely silhouette of Miss Wardwell. Her shadow appears first and starts talking and then she appears. And she's just like, you know, the girl is my charge and I can't risk leaving her fate in lesser hands. And it's just back and forth about how Faustus is incompetent and Wardwell's there to make sure that Sabrina becomes the Dark Lords. And her warning on the way out is, don't disrespect me, high priest or not, you're still a man and I feast on male flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Which does, it does make Blackwood a little like, fuck, I forgot about that part, you're a demoness. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right. Sabrina goes and takes a visit to Daniel Webster.
1: Walks the streets at night.
0: Are you Daniel Webster? No. Why? What do you want?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need a lawyer.
0: I need a lawyer to fight the devil. I'd offer you a seat, but that would encourage you to stay.
1: (laughs) She also mentions that she's Sabrina Spellman, which is the only reason he lets her in. Mm,
0: Yeah. He asks her questions. Like, yeah, you know, you're born again. You renounce Satan. No, I'm half witch. But they lied and coerced me, and I didn't sign the Book of the Beast. And now my family's being punished.
1: And you can tell he's interested. Yeah. Cause he's a, he's a fantastic lawyer. Of course, this case is going to interest him.
0: Of course, like this is his thing. So, but he's just like, nope, sorry, I don't <laughs> practice anymore. You know, and then he's you know he's pouring himself a drink, and he's like, breach of promise. That's tricky. Good luck to you.
1: Then <laughs> slams the door on her.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And then he goes and he looks at a you know this wall of photos, and he sees he zeroes in on this one little girl, and he's really sad. And then he hears a door slam again. And he goes, well, hell and damnation. So we kind of know he's resolved he's going to have to do this.
1: I love this so much. Oh,
0: it's great. And they got a great guy to do it. He's played this character before. And I, be- oh, it was, mm, I feel like it was Angel, but it's not. But it's one of those shows. But he's played the same dude before.
1: Daniel Webster? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he must have been... In a very famous production of The Devil and Daniel Webster or
0: something. I don't know, but the it, the character of Daniel Webster is well known. He's the dude who sold basically sold his soul to the devil to be the greatest lawyer ever, but it was at the expense of only defending horrible, depraved human beings. And
1: in reality, he was actually a very famous
0: lawyer. Yeah, well, he started out that way.
1: Yeah. No, like in history. Oh, okay. Daniel Webster is heard. a real human being oh. that existed. Cool.
0: Oh, we go over to Harvey's house and Harvey's, you know, he's drawing and his brother Tommy is looking through all the stuff. He's like, they're a little weird, but these are great.
1: You're a twisted little weirdo, but they're great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Harvey's super excited and he's explaining that he's talked to Dr. Cerberus about working at the bookstore and doing posters and his dad walks in and he's a little drunk and he's just like... Is that your idea of a joke? You want to hang out with the comic book shop with some pervert who plays dress up? He's like, you want a job? You're going to start a shift this week. End of story. And he leaves.
1: This feels lazy.
0: It is very lazy. But there's. I, think, I feel like there's good payoff later with this whole arc. So, temporary annoyance at it. Okay. I mean, the, I,
1: I can understand where the character motivation could come in there. Mm-hmm. But the way they set it up is just like, oh, look. They work in the mines, and his dad's kind of a drunk and an asshole. Yay.
0: Yeah. So now it's nighttime, and the Spellmans are on their way to the Church of Night. Remember, ladies, we we carry ourselves with a plum and dignity. We admit our wrongs, accept our punishment, and try to put this whole sort of mess behind us. Isn't that right, Sabrina?
1: Do I have a choice?
0: No, not really. accurate so and go, they've got
1: so much wraps going on they're so,
0: like they're they've got you know the headdresses and sunglasses to try to hide their age it's, they are full gray gardens i love it <laughs> so much we go inside and you know it's full court press you know we the profane gather here tonight in the sacrilegious courts of dark lord's justice Hail Satan, praise him. Hey, praise Satan. Like <laughs> anytime anyone says praise Satan, like, I need to take a shot. Because this just makes me so happy. So Faustus is, you know, he's on behalf of the Dark Lord. When the accused is confirmed guilty, not only will she abandon her mortal life immediately, but upon her death she shall burn for three hundred and thirty three years in the pit, as his pleasure demands. And so like the whole crowd is like, Woohoo, yay, cute, la la la, lovely. And like our judges are kind of like demon people figures with weird hats. Whatever, they are judges for this whole thing.
1: So they they say, How do you please, Sabrina? And she's about to answer
0: and oh the door swings open and in walks Mr. Webster and he says She pleads not guilty. Fausta sees him everybody knows who this dude is. And there's like, Mr. Webster, you are not unknown to this court, but you are unwelcome, sir, and uninvited. Untrue. Oh. I was invited. I follow my client. Client, Sabrina, he's my lawyer, Aunt Zelda cut directly to we're outside and sabrina is getting yelled at by zelda as if things weren't dire enough you go and hire this mortal pettifogger behind our backs and you know webster kind of like it's like i i know what i'm talking about lady like it's okay she calls him a hanger-on a dilettante and sabrina's like wait you knew my father and webster's like he's the reason i came to greendale your father taught me witch law offered me comfort when there was none. he helped me out i'd like to return the favor Okay, so he's got skin in this game.
1: And I imagine, I know we're not going to reveal this till later in the episode, but obviously Edward saw what happened to him Mm -hmm. and offered him some help.
0: He helped him kind of get out of whatever that contract was
1: after the horrible, horrible stuff went in his life. Yeah, Yeah, clearly.
0: So we go back into a courthouse. And Faustus makes this big deal that you were courting the Dark Lord. You showed up to your baptism in a br- in a wedding gown, blah blotty, blah. Which is
1: not real law, but if it's witch law, because I that's that's the issue here is it's guilty until proven innocent. No, no, I get all that. What he eventually gets to is you know there was a contract you intended to consummate it, and then you fled.
0: Webster gets up and is like, hey, if this baptism is to be considered a wedding, where's the marriage license, the blood test, this great township demands, show me the signature, show me the groom. No contract, no promise, no case. Bam. Lawyered. Then Faustus comes in with his next card. It's like, all right, I got to submit into evidence our unholy grimoire, the Book of the Beast. And so they open a page and they're like, what does this say? Sabrina Spellman. But I don't understand. It's only dated a few days after I was... There's a signature dated when she was a baby.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And Zelda is just like all over the
0: place trying to hide her face. Oh, no. If you don't see me, I call to the stand Zelda Fiona Spellman. Love the name. Rutro. She comes in and she was there and she she saw, what's his butt, her dad sign her name in the Book of the Beast. Mm Mm-hmm. She witnessed it. Because she signs...
1: Her name as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And Sabrina's just like, what the fuck?
1: Well, that also explains to us that altar scene we saw before, because that's the explanation. They're at an altar. They place her down. They sign the book and she's a baby.
0: Yeah. So she's seeing it again, basically. Right. Sabrina's like, now it makes sense. All you're strong arming me to get me to sign. Yeah, it does make sense because you already did it for me. You stupid, stupid grown-ups. And of course,
1: I mean, Zelda pulls this one thing out, which is kind of true. Which is like, you were always meant to choose the path of night anyway. How was I to know that this was going to happen?
0: Yeah. So we cut back to the house and Sabrina is just yelling at them. You were just trying to cover up for the fact that you already pawned me off to the Dark Lord like a used car. <laughs> you were never meant to find out. And you know Zelda's just trying to defend herself. She's like, Edward needed a witness. And she's like, why would he do that to me?
1: And finally, and she gives it up.
0: She gives it up. That the bargain that Edward made with the Dark Lord in order to marry Sabrina's mother, Diana, is that he had to promise their child to the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. That was the cost. And Sabrina's just like, and you stood there, and you watched him do it, and you helped him.
1: I love how resolved she is.
0: I love, because this happens a little bit on Riverdale, but it's not as immediate And that, okay, the adult is trapped and is caught in a lie. The adult admits to the lie and explains enough. Yeah. Enough for like us as the audience to be satisfied. And then the child calls them on how horrible it is what they did to them was. Yes. It's much more immediate. It doesn't go on and on and on. So I appreciate that. Well, in, yeah. in terms of the show, like, clearly this lie has been going on for 16 years. That's a different problem.
1: All too often with TV, the trope is, I, I bear myself to the, to the main character, and the main character forgives me in that moment, and we're going to reconcile immediately. And this is totally against that, because mm-hmm. in real life, you'd be like, that is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. What are you doing? And they do that. They always go for that other option with mm-hmm. this show. It's so refreshing.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan. So we go back to Webster's house. He's drinking. He's taking notes. He's doing the lawyer thing. And then a figure appears behind him. And it is that same girl from that picture. But she's got a slit throat and blood all down her chest. And, Daddy, why did you let me die, Daddy? It hurts so much. You're not real. And he just is like, stop. (laughs) He 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 knows. Because this is something he deals with probably every single day. This girl just haunts him. Of course. You should be spending your time getting ready to join me down here, daddy. Not defending a useless backwoods half-breed witch. Tick-tock, Daniel Webster. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. That's nice and creepy.
1: And as she walks past the chair, it shifts from little girl to Madam Satan. Mm
0: -hmm. Now we've got Harvey and Sabrina walking into school. Harvey's like, you know, what's going on? And they back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Harvey explains that he went to play hide-and-seek with Tommy and some of his friends and he decided to hide in the mines and he saw something crazy. It looked like a goat, but it was bigger, standing upright on its hind legs and it smelled like a book of matches had been struck. Brimstone. Yeah, Sabrina says, brimstone to herself. And Harvey just like, "I terrified me, couldn't move, couldn't breathe, and I started to cry. And I was still crying when Tommy found me five hours later. It's been years. No one else has seen that goat guy, but I keep thinking he's down there waiting for me.
1: And because his dad has told him, you have to go work in the mines, he is
0: freaked
1: the fuck out.
0: He's like, I don't want to do this. No, no, no. So we go to school.
1: Wicca's on a rampage.
0: Yeah, they're all handing out flyers and they're making their voices heard. Here's a list of books Baxter Hyde doesn't want you to read. They also happen to be great works of literature. What are people are so afraid of? That Principal Hawthorne's gonna... And Hawthorne pops right up. Ladies. Uh, about <laughs> your claims. And Roz starts with like, you can't punish someone for handing out flyers, Principal Hawthorne. On the contrary... I just wanted Miss Walker to know that I called the PTA and the school board about the bluest eye. They are reviewing the matters and will come back to me tomorrow with their thoughts. You're welcome, Miss Walker.
1: Cause they're all dead silent. And then he walks away, and every single person—Harvey, Roz, Susie, and Sabrina—are all like, "Huh?" <laughs> I think I think Kiernan has the best look of them all, being like, w-
0: what, "What just happened? happened? How does that go properly?" <laughs> We go to the Spellman Mortuary and the funeral service for Connor is occurring. You know, Ambrose is doing his job. You know, he's greeting people. And then he meets this dude and he's like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. My name's Ambrose, by the way. Luke, I'm going to miss him. Him and that stupid lizard of his. He took it everywhere. And Ambrose is just like, hmm.
1: Are you familiar with iguanas like that?
0: I'm saying that I know Connor was very attached to it and they had a bond. And Ambrose is like, well, I have him upstairs in my room if you wanted to say hi. Hell yeah. (laughs) And they kind of are like making some eyes at each other. And this dude, his name's Luke, uh, he says, I should go, but another time maybe. Because
1: the parents are starting to just sob.
0: Yeah, like it's getting grim.
1: Clearly, Ambrose needs to get laid.
0: He's lonely. He's stuck in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Fair. Totally fair. Cut over to Wardwell. She's scrapbooking in her office. And then we cut to Sabrina's in class.
1: What is she humming?
0: I don't know. But she's... She's... Sabrina starts getting very like sleepy, and then she kind of closes her eyes, and they open with a start, and everyone around her is frozen.
1: Because Wardwell has blown something into tea after she hums. Yes.
0: Wardwell's working some magic. And Sabrina looks to the hallway from her desk, and she sees the girl. She sees Webster's daughter.
1: I love how they filmed this.
0: I and, love it so much. And so Sabrina starts following her, and they go into the library, and she sees the newspaper clippings of all of the people that Webster has defended. And it's not great. Nope, it's not great. So now we cut over to Webster's house and Sabrina's like, why are you helping me? What do you want out of this defender of the damned? So you know. The people you've helped set free, murderers and monsters, the kinds of crimes they've committed. Webster's like, "Uh, everyone's entitled to a defense. And Sabrina's like, you're fired. And Webster explains what happened. He's like, look, I made a deal a long time ago to be the greatest lawyer in the world. I was young, ambitious. I signed my name away. A different book, but the same beast. And what do you know? I started winning cases. And By the time I realized the only cases I was getting were the most depraved, most obscene. It was too late. And that was his little trick. There's always a trick and a price. I set a man free that had done horrible things to a number of women. And after I freed him when I wasn't home, he did those things to my daughter. And now that I have done more than my share of bad in the past, but I think I might be able to save you. And if you let me, it's a long shot, but maybe. So he's trying to atone for like the bad shit that happened to his daughter.
1: It's a little on the nose.
0: I'll allow it.
1: But I mean, we we have to wrap this up pretty quick because we've got way more actual stuff to get to.
0: So we go back to court. And Webster's questioning Zelda Spellman and just like, you know, OK, so Sabrina was born of a mortal woman. So she's half witch, half mortal. And she can only be subjected to half of the laws of this court. And, you know, Faust is like, this is absurd. you dishonors. And they're like, no, I, I demand a jury of mortals. I change a venue and I reject the authority of this court over my client. Like it's a very standard argument in court. Question the jurisdiction. That's the easiest way to like slow some shit down. We head on over to Ambrose's room and he hears a psst and he goes over to the window, he opens it, and then he gets startled and he sees Luke and he goes, Mock! Judas Priest! <laughs> Which is great. It's Luke. How did you get in here? And Luke's like, You invited me earlier, remember? So what? You're a vampire? No, I'm a warlock like Connor was and you are, aren't you? And then they start making out and taking off their clothes and getting busy. And we, we we pan out on the lizard that's in the glass enclosure.
1: And I love, I love, they are playing New Kind of Kick by the Cramps.
0: It's very nice. Oh, um, the
1: music choices are so good.
0: It's very sexy. It
1: was a very sexy scene. I was impressed.
0: We go back to the Church of Night for court. Mm. Faustus argues okay. If Sabrina's true dominant nature is to be determined mortal or witch, so be it, and we shall invoke human laws to test her. She'll be bound and dropped into a river. If she floats, she's a witch. If she drowns, she's human and free to go. Trial by water. Yeah. Or two, the accused will admit to being stripped and examined in full view of the coven for a witch's mark upon her body. Should a mark be identified, this trial continues uninterrupted. Should no mark be found, this court will be forced to recognize her so-called humanity. (laughs) (sighs) So we go back to the Spellman House. Like, this court, this, like, whole process just goes on way too long.
1: Honestly, though, it goes on like a normal court would. I mean, you you go for about an hour or so, then you take a recess, then you come back for another hour. It
0: just seems ridiculous.
1: It does, but it patterns pretty closely to how a real trial would work. It's just weird because we're hard cutting in between.
0: Yeah. So Zelda is just like, absolutely not. I forbid this. And Helda's like, sit down, Zelda, before you collapse your skin and bone. <laughs> And Webster asking of know, Sabrina, I have to ask, do you even know if you have a mark? And, you know, the doors start to open and he's like, let's start there. Which is fair. Like, if you have a mark, then it's really easy to say, here's my witch's mark. We're good. Faustus enters. Excuse my unannounced visitation, but I have felicitous tidings. The Dark Lord has offered another path. He will waive your punishment in the pit. He will even allow you yearly visitation with your mortal friends, but you must ratify your signature in the Book of the Beast. You must withdraw from Baxter High and begin your studies at the Academy of Unseen Arts immediately. And the aunt's like, this is perfect, Sabrina. And Faustus is like, hey, we you wait your answer tomorrow night in court? So, ladies, sir, and he leaves.
1: And Webster watches him leave and then goes, you're not taking this deal.
0: But the Dark Lord has been moved by our plight to show mercy.
1: Exactly. And why would he offer that? It's a trick. Remember who you're dealing with.
0: I mean, that's right. Like, it's interesting. Like, if he's got nothing to lose, why is he making a deal?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: You know, Webster's not stupid.
1: No, he's not. And I love that she's got some good representation.
0: Yeah. So the next morning, Ambrose wakes up after his night of fun. And, you know, like, Luke's gone. but he looks up and carved into like the beam is luke's phone number this is cute he grabs <laughs> like an apple's like still got, got it spell it. and then he <laughs> sees that the lizard has died this is i guess you couldn't live without connor little one but what's really interesting is that the lizard is not fully a lizard we see bits of the goblin because previously we had learned that Familiars are goblins that have taken animal form to serve witch and warlock masters.
1: I wonder if Luke's going to come back into play about that.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. So Harvey and Sabrina are walking in the woods again. This is like their favorite pastime. Oh my god, this is so adorable. This is adorable and a little hot and super sweet and precious and Uh I love it. Okay, Sabrina's worried and she's like, okay, I gotta ask you a favor. And it sounds crazy, but it's important. Harvey says, I can do crazy and important. Sabrina starts undressing. He's just like, I need to make sure I don't have a birthmark. Can you look?
1: And the and second the second she even starts to undress, he's like, uh, uh, uh,
0: okay. I'm 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 so confused right now. Cause he's <laughs> like, cause you can see it on his face. Rosalind's just such a great job. He's like, oh, my girlfriend's getting naked. I'm really interested. Wait, is this supposed to be happening? Like, what? It's very it's fine. She's like, I'm super confused about everything except for you. I'm not confused about you because I love you and I trust you to do the right thing and to tell me the truth. And in fact, trust you more than anyone else right now. So she continues undressing and then Harvey starts undressing and he goes, fair is fair, right? Oh. Which is like, okay, you get points, boy. Like that's fair because a lot of dudes would be like, all right. But I I appreciate that. It's I know it's all relatively innocent but it's very sweet and then you know he's like looking at her and he's like caressing her back and then she turns around and kisses him and it's it's cute
1: before you get any further kiss it's 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 so adorable like it i already liked what ross lynch was doing with this character uh but that scene just makes me go You're the perfect guy to be in this role.
0: He's perfect.
1: You're pulling it off so well. well.
0: And they've written him so well. Yes. Again, because I don't like calling him dumb Harvey. It's that he's... He's a one, he's a little oblivious, but not because he's uncaring or unwilling to find out. He's just he's not kept in the loop, and things are are purposely kept from him.
1: Well, I like saying he has dumb boy face, but not in the dumb archie sense where he's making bad decisions. He just has normal, dumb boy face of, "Oh God, this is interesting. I'm a boy." <laughs> It's so cute. I love that scene. I know. It's so so, it's
0: so good. It makes up for some of the other crap from previous. It it does a little bit for me. We go over to the library at school. Sabrina comes up to Susie and Roz, and Roz is crying. She's upset. Okay, so what what's going on? PTA says they're gonna hold town hall in three months. And Sabrina's like, okay, this is also bad. It's three months. And Roz lets them in on something that's going on with her. I have myopic atrophy. And Dr. Spector says that in about three months, maybe less, the ugliest, thickest glasses in the world aren't going to stop me from going totally blind. And I even counted how many books I could realistically read before it's too late. And oh. that's why every single one is important.
1: And all I thought is, audio books. Audio books, Shut people. Shut
0: up. It's not the same. It's it's not the same.
1: Okay. I, I felt like this was really clunky.
0: It is a little clunky because I feel like There were opportunities in the first two episodes to put in that this is something she's struggling with.
1: They don't make it any kind of point other than all of a sudden, new plot twist. Yeah. Like, I'm fine if you want to give a character a disability, but don't make it just a random plot event. I
0: mean, I will say this. They continue with it.
1: I understand. I just... It's,
0: it's not a dropped plot point, so they get points for that, because they're very guilty of that on Riverdale.
1: That's good. Just the hard left turns sometimes are a bit much for me to take. That's all
0: right. all right, it's time to go to the mine for, you know, Harvey and Tommy's shift, and Tommy's trying to be reassuring, like, it's a short shift, just a couple of hours, hard work, back topside with some dirt on your face. It'll shut Dad up. All right, you'll be on my crew. I'll take care of you. Tommy's being a good big brother. Of course. Har- they get to the opening and Harvey starts having flashbacks. And he's just, like, freaking out. And Tommy's like, it's fine. Go home. We'll try again later. And he's like, but Dad was like, I'll see you when we get home. It's okay, I promise.
1: And all I wrote here was, for future reference, Tommy gonna die. (laughs) Like, at this point, I know, I have not seen any of the rest of this, but I know,
0: he's gonna die. He's gonna die. All good people must die. Of course.
1: All all good people that aren't integral characters to the main plot.
0: Uh, we go back to the Spellman house. Zelda and Hilda now have fully white hair, <laughs> <laughs> and Sabrina tells them, "Look, I've made my decision. I'm not taking the deal. I'll submit to the exam. I don't have a witch's mark, so there's nothing to lose except your dignity."
1: Whatever, Zelda.
0: All right. So they decide, Like she's just like, "Look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing any tricks or plea bargains." And so they're also, "All right, it's time to go." And Hilda's like, "Okay, you guys go." I'll meet you there. Just don't wait for me. Just get her to the court. She is pissed off. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And so like as Hilda's, you know, walking away, she's muttering to herself, you're not the only one with secrets, Zelda Spellman. So then we see Hilda go to a room with and she sees a trunk and she opens it up and we see some odds and ends, And then she closes it and she waves her hand over it. There's a little spell. Yeah. She opens it and there's different stuff in there. And she grabs a baby book and she goes...
1: Back at Shea Kinkle.
0: You can't use the word Shea on this show, okay? <laughs> it's the Kinkle house. <laughs> Mr. Kinkle just comes in is yelling, Harvey, when I tell you, just do something, you do it. You better watch yourself. you are got to get in that damn mine. I'm working honest to God shift. <laughs> and he's going to start pulling his weight. And Tommy comes in and is like, look, I'll get more guys. Push comes to shove, I'll take a shift. But Harvey's done, Dad. I'm not going to let him waste his life, like...
1: And then stops.
0: And then dad just gets <sighs> home and leaves.
1: I mean. But even even badly written crappy dad, even in that moment, that actor made the right choice of moment of hurt and vulnerability right before storming off. Yep. Back at court.
0: Back at court. So Sabrina's on the stand, and she's she's agreeing to the fact that she's willing to endure the test of the witch's mark, and Father Blackwood's like, all right, so let's do this. And in walks Hilda, and she gives the book to Webster, and they're looking at him like, all right, stop, stop.
1: She looks like a little babushka doll.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's
1: and, and Zelda has this veil that she just keeps flapping around. Mm-hmm.
0: So we come to find out that in this baby book is evidence of a baptismal certificate from the Holy Mother Church of Greendale, witnessed by Hilda Spellman. (laughs) So what we have is a binding contract witnessed by her mother, notarized and dated one day before Edward Spellman inscribed his daughter's name in the Book of the Beast. Thereby rendering the aforementioned inscription, agreed upon promise, null, and void, QED. And like, this is a what the fuck, Zelda is furious. What Zelda did was bad, but what Hilda did is like the worst possible thing you could ever do. Uh Uh-huh. Just about. And, you know, Father Blackwood's like, this is ridiculous, this is a mockery, this is just... Furious. Uh, yeah, and then... Sabrina stands the fuck oh, up. okay. She goes, no, I'll tell you what's outrageous, Father Blackwood. The Dark Lord's behavior. <sighs> uh, the, I guess, cellar doors, if you will, burst open with flames. And Webster goes, well, no. I'd say you just forced the devil to the bargaining table, and I've been summoned to the court's private chamber. So he goes down into that fire pit.
1: He and Blackwood go down into the private chambers.
0: It is amazing.
1: <laughs> Webster's going back to hell.
0: Well, so we go outside, and Zelda's yelling at Hilda. It's like, how could you keep a secret? And, like, how is it any different from your secret with Edward? And And Sabrina's like, sweet, you did what? Sabrina's just like, why? And Hilda explains, I just assumed it was Diana being sentimental or perhaps she suspected what Edward had planned.
1: Suspecta- uh, Lucy Davis doing Suspecta- the mumbling is so good.
0: She's. Oh, I love Lucy Davis. She's my favorite thing in the world right now.
1: And Sabrina. So they were both deceivers. Sabrina, honor thy father and mother. Bail down.
0: No more secrets, aunties. Do you understand me? No more lying to me about my own family ever again. Like hmm. again, this is where it's just like, you can't keep fucking doing this to me. You want me to be a part of your church? You have to be honest about it with me.
1: Gee, I wonder where we've heard that line before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been yelled at Alice Cooper a handful of times. I
1: want Sabrina and Betty to just have a scene together where they're like, what the fuck is wrong with our parents?
0: They need to, <laughs> they need to go to group therapy together.
1: We just need we just need one like outtake bit with Lily and Kiernan just being like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> so they go back into court for the final thing. And Faustus is like, okay, due to the conflicts of contract, baptism, and breeding, <laughs> the hellbound court of Greendale decrees that Sabrina Spellman shall retain her mortal life. And everyone's like, na 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 na," nah. On the condition that she also attend the Academy of Unseen Arts as well as weekly Black Mass. And so, like, Sabrina's mulling this over a little bit. Webster looks at her and said, think of it. As dual citizenship, Sabrina's like, all right, that makes sense to me. Your dishonors, I accept. So be it. This court is adjourned to the shadows. Full powers are restored to the Spellman family, and instantly we see this flash, and the Spellman sisters are now back to their normal selves.
1: Hilda's like feeling, she, be like,
0: she's got her tooth. What tooth? And Zelda rips off her veil and goes, "Pray, Satan, I'm young again." <laughs> that whole bit reminds me so much of the movie Death Becomes Her. It cracks me up so much because it's so earnest. They had so much fun with this episode. It was
1: really good. It's,
0: I love it. They go outside and Sabrina asked Mr. Webster to come over and she's like, you know, thank you for helping me win. He said, okay, just a little bit of advice. Take advantage of this qualified victory and you need to learn everything you can about your adversary and fight for what's yours because nobody's ever beaten the devil, but you just might. Mm-hmm. Which is true. I mean, it's pretty good. She's Sabrina. So, now we go home, and Hilda's in bed, you know, like, all happy, you know, everything went out great, and Zelda comes in, and this is the first time we actually see that Hilda and Zelda share a bedroom. They each have their own twin bed in this room. That makes sense. They're grown women. No, it doesn't. It's
1: Grey Gardens, all right. Oh, it
0: is Grey Gardens. Believe me, it's Grey Gardens. It's Witch Grey Gardens, which is awesome. <laughs> but... Okay, so now we know they share a room. And Zelda explains that Father Blackwood was calling, and Hilda's been excommunicated from the Church of Night. You took part in a Catholic baptism, you've cast doubt on our devotion to the Church of Night, and our Dark Lord is a vengeful Lord. What would I do now then, sister? Be grateful excommunication is all that's being
1: done to you. And we zoom in a little on Hilda, and she goes from being terrified to starting to get a little angry, and it's like, Hilda's going to go after him.
0: So I go back to Faustus's office and Wardwell has come to visit him and she enters in the same way with her shadow. And, you know, Faustus is like, did you come to congratulate me on on what? A half victory is no victory at all. And he's like, well, she's come to the Academy and I will bend her to my will. La, 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 la. And of course Madame Satan knows this will never work. She's just like, you know, it's always brute force with men, but real corruption is a thin, subtle blade, and the bonds that must be severed, you know, are those to the mortals around her. The people, the people that she loves. loves. But I'm quite good at tearing souls apart. And when she says that we see Roz in the bathroom at school, she takes off her glasses and then her eyes kind of turn black. And she starts kind of panicking. And it's an illusion, but it's there. Yeah. And she's experienced it. So then we cut back to the library.
1: Sabrina's walking her in.
0: And Ros like, what? what is this? What's going on, Rosalind? Welcome to Baxter High's new secret book club, sponsored by WICCA. I love that Wardwell doesn't call it Wicca. She calls it WICCA.
1: Mm-hmm. Because it is not the church.
0: <laughs> fair, fair. Band titles only. With you leading the group, of course, and they're all just like super excited. And Wardwell says, "You know, I'm so proud of you, girls. We're gonna have such fun learning all those juicy, forbidden novels that they don't want us to."
1: Because we've got a box of the bluest, bluest eyes for everybody. Eye. We're gonna start.
0: And she's staring at Susie, and she's like, "I've got quite a list. A little something for each of you." Uh oh. Oh, and then you know, Roz is laughing because she's so excited. So excited. This can't end well. Well, I know how this portion ends, which, hey, so we're recording this on the day that they have announced that Sabrina has already been picked up for Seasons 3 and 4, or they're calling them Parts 3 and 4 instead of Seasons, if you will. But yeah, Season 2 is going to come back on April 5th, and then we're going to get a 3 and a 4. Woo! So yeah, uh, we're going to have a lot of recording to do. Ugh... Oh, we're going to be so tired. But this is fun. And I really like this show. So it's okay.
1: Yeah. This yeah. episode really solidifies. We did have all the problematic stuff and then just stuff that felt extraneous. This episode really feels like now we're moving. Mm-hmm. We're in gear. We're ready to go. Woohoo. Well, then there's nothing else left to say but hashtag praise Satan. <laughs>